Welcome, True Believer Readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the best podcast to break down hard-hitting dialogue such as, come on, you said you were going to fill me up with pasta. Here to provide analysis for that line, and so much more, is my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? Oh, I'm doing great. Pasta? I know, James B., you do not approve of additional carbs in anyone's diet normally, so <laughs> we're not going to talk too much about that, but I am <laughs> going to talk about somewhere that I'm going related to Spider-Man. I will be attending uh, as a panelist at Bowling Green University, the Spider-Man Pop Culture Conference uh, in September. That's correct. It's September 29 and 30th of 2023. So if you're listening to this in the future, don't try to go to Bowling Green and look for Eddie. He's not going to be there. Uh, your panel date, I notice, is on September 29th. Why don't you practice your fabulous insight by reminding the listeners who Amy Powell and Lance Bannon um, are and the uh, elaborate plan by Lance before we start with our books. <laughs> so looking forward to this. I have, I, I hate to take more time. I happen to be at a base conference right now. It's so exciting to go to these things. So um, I'm all warmed up for conferences. Um, Lance Bannon is a photographer at the Daily Bugle who is in competition with Peter Parker, and Amy Paul is his girlfriend, and she has been trying to court Peter Parker very aggressively. In fact. <laughs> This book opens with Peter and Amy in a very... Uh, well, why don't you explain say, the plan? Pose. Like, explain what's going on. Like, why this is a mess. Lance and Amy have an open relationship, and Lance is not so happy about it being open anymore. And Amy is trying to make Lance jealous by dating Peter or seeing Peter. All right, hold on, hold on. You know what? I'm already worried about the September 29th conference now, because <laughs> you're taking a long time. All you need to do for the intro here is just tell them that Peter and Lance have a plan to get Amy and Lance to meet up in Peter's apartment, but Amy arrives early. Like, ah, that's what's going on. Thank you, James oh, B. boy. <laughs> We're going to need a lot more practice. <laughs> we'll pick it up from there. And it's from August of 1983. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man 243. Options written by Stern, art by Romita Jr., and Dave Simons. Yes, 180 episodes hasn't been enough practice for me. Well... Continuing from where we left off last book, we find ourselves in Peter's apartment doorway with Amy Powell's lipstick smudged all over him and her arms tightly wrapped around his neck when... Mary Jane pays an unannounced visit. Lance Bannon arrives seconds later and he is very confused. Amy stomps off, thinking MJ is Peter's girl, and Lance is quick to follow. Peter awkwardly makes conversation with MJ, playing it cool, and hands Peter back the apartment key she had uh, in the past before she departs. I think it's risky for MJ to have access to Peter's apartment at any time. He could have the vision laying on his couch. Do you remember what issue that was, Eddie? Uh, this was Marvel team-up with the Scarlet Witch. That was a really intense... Oh. Uh, well, recently we saw him with the androids, right? <laughs> the correct answer is it was Marvel Team Up 5. We did it with Ian Cooper, who ah. we should have back on the show pretty soon. That, that would be fantastic. Amy and Lance declare they have both been dumb lately and get back together. Meanwhile, frustrated by his personal life, Peter blows off some steam in the only way he can by heading out for some web swinging. Spidey yo-yos over to Doc Connors at ESU, where he 
requests an analysis of a piece of ro- robot that attacked him in the previous book. Convenient. Hold on for a second, Andy. I know you're not playing an interruption here, but Doc Connors, we haven't seen his family in a while, have we? It's been a really long time since we've seen anything to do with that guy. Do you remember his son? I do. What's his son's name? Oh, man. What are we on? It's always something like Johnny. It's Billy. Billy. <laughs> the reason I wanted to bring this up is because Doc Connors is a dad. You're a dad too, right? <laughs> I am James B. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, Eddie. Happy Father's Day to you, James B. (laughs) Excellent, James B. Sorry. Please continue with our story. I got to remain focused here, James B. Conveniently, Dr. Sloan also arrives into Doc Connor's office. Remember, they are colleagues at ESU. And he's carrying Peter's biophysics final in a pile on the top. Spidey sees he not only passed, but passed with an A+. Uh, Spider-Man kisses Sloan on the head. And a montage of comic book joy ensues as Peter realizes he's passed his final. <laughs> James B., is there anything more frustrating than a brilliant student who has poorly behaved? <laughs> um, you know, I would say an average student who has poorly behaved is worse. Poorly behaved student you can call home. And you know who you should call if you're going to call on that student, Eddie? You should call their dad. <laughs> and then you say, happy Father's Day, sir. That's not a happy phone call. <laughs> but I, I Well, guess after so. wishing them a happy Father's Day, you let them know that their right. child should probably behave better and, and focus on their studies. You're a terrible dad. <laughs> Father's Day is a harder uh, harder to fit into our episode than it was for Mother's Day. So, you know, I find myself bouncing around trying to find places to make it fit. Uh, well, just like you, Spidey is ping-ponging around town, and he webs up some terrorists in a hostage situation, and takes some pictures of the encounter before selling them at the Bugle. Spider-Man then goes to visit the Black Cat in the hospital. Visions of Mary Jane haunt him as he cuddles his new love. The reality of Felicia's large hospital bills and uncertainty of whether he'll get a job with his future degree in biophysics drives Peter to consider his options. In the end, he decides to drop out of school to make more money as a photographer and continue to be Spider-Man. Not sure if uh, Teenage Me would have been very satisfied at this book uh but i'm also not sure if adult me is either i actually really enjoyed this book i know the summary Hmm. didn't sound amazing but i i really liked let's hear what you didn't like and i'll take a minute and defend the book and tell everyone why you're wrong okay all right let's go for it Uh, i've been uncomfortable with spider-man breaking up hostage situations ever since i read about the one with the pumpkin head guy in uh spectacular it's so easy for a hostage to be killed because Spider-Man doesn't get to someone before they shoot a hostage or whatever. Uh, I don't really remember the pumpkin head murder thing. What, what happened there? I'm not joking. I really don't remember that. Uh, that's like the first instance where uh, 
I can't remember his name. I remember his pogo platform that he propelled himself around by. He was like Punisher with a pumpkin head. Uh, he took an entire hospital uh, hostage. And um, Lieutenant Keating let Spider-Man go on to try to resolve the hostage situation. And he did successfully. But like he messed up several things in the process. I th- it's so dangerous. Yeah, this is that, that's your only argument. OK, well, let me tell you why this book is great. Peter has five major conflicts. He has the Amy Powell situation, which is fun. He has the MJ and Peter's relationship situation. Also uh, nice to see that happening again. He has the whole section with the test grade. He has his feelings for Felicia and his decision to leave school. These are all, any one of these would have been like the major problem in the book. And there was five of them. And I really enjoyed how they all played out. However, 13-year-old boys want Spider-Man, not Peter Parker dealing with his dating. So, Eddie, that hostage situation is just so he can literally bonk heads together. Uh, uh. You're going to see this happen all the time. There's a book and you say, wait a second, why is it starting with a couple of criminals? In the beginning, it's just because there's going to be no other fights later on. Uh, What did you think of that last conflict I mentioned where he decides to leave school? Well, his logic here is that if he's more involved in school, he can't work as much and pay bills or actually be Spider-Man because he'll have to study more. He just aced his biophysics exam that he took under extreme duress. Remember, the black cat was like shot a bunch of times. He wasn't sure if she was going to make it while she was in the hospital. He had fought Doc Ock and the owl at the same time and all their goons. Uh, I've never been a particularly good student, but there's a big difference between getting an A plus in that situation and just getting a passing grade in my book. Okay, so wait, he's gonna so be okay. You, okay, so for for a better story, uh-huh. would you prefer that he gets he looks at his paper, it's like a D, and then he's like, oh, I'm only pulling a D, so I might as well quit school, or would you prefer he gets an A plus because it's Spider Man, he's a you know, a genius. And then you don't want that because a D would make him look dumb. Like, what What did you want this paper to say? Well, or are you only happy if he stays in school? I, I would love for it to say an A+, plus, as long as they continued to emphasize the fact that Peter Parker is a genius and he's quite brilliant. But he, It did say an A+, plus, I, though. I know, but, like, they haven't been emphasizing this. Like, there's been several instances recently. Like, Reed Richards was in trouble and all his machines were broken and he wasn't smart enough to fix them. And there was, like, a perfect chance for Spider-Man to fix everything. And yet... He couldn't do anything. I'm ready for them to reemphasize his scientific prowess, but they're just You're not doing it. They're not You're doing it. And question. so uh, giving him a D would have been much better because he would have been like, okay, I can't do it. I can't be Spider-Man and make a good living. So you, you would, that would have been a better story for you. Okay. I think that's, I think that's fair. The only thing I didn't like, even though I did enjoy this book, I didn't love the fact that I'm getting a sense of, hey, I have to quit school because Felicia's bills need to be paid. This girl who's not his wife, not his, I mean, it's his girlfriend, but was it his girlfriend, well, you know, 20 issues ago? I mean, he didn't even know her. You know what I'm saying? It just feels pretty strong that he, all of a sudden he's like, well, I this girl I know is in the hospital. I have to quit school. It seems a, kind of a knee-jerk reaction. It is, but I, I think he's def- he's in the honeymoon phase of this relationship, and he's intensely in love with her like this is different from his previous relationships for several reasons 
Let's get back to Peter being in love and not just in our words, but in the actual summary. And that would be in our next book, which is from September of 1983. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man 244 Ordeals by Roger Stern, John Romita Jr. and Alaus Jansen. Very glad to see pumpkin bombs on the cover of this book, which means there will be action, James B. Well, when you say it that way, apparently there will not be. (laughs) For the second book in a row, we open with Spidey smooching someone. Uh, This time, it is the black cat, only to be interrupted by her nurse. A lengthy five-page compilation of the bureaucratic difficulties of Peter trying to drop out of school ensue. A lengthy five-page compilation of the bureaucratic difficulties of Peter trying to drop out of school ensue. Oh my God, this thing is so long. Wow, I can't believe... Eddie, this is this is terrible writing. <laughs> Fill out these forms, get the proper authorizations, and then come back here next... And then we have to follow him again as he gets the form filled out and he comes back. <laughs> and this doesn't serve any purpose. This isn't like he's making a tough decision. I'd rather have five pages of him debating if he should actually go through with this, not five pages of him going through bureaucratic difficulties <laughs> to try to get a one-year um, delay or something, like a sabbatical of sorts, you know? <sighs> totally it's agreed. I'd rather watch Stiltman go up and down 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> with amazing speed. <laughs> By a press of this button, I go up and then down. It's almost, I can't believe how quick that was. Well, mercifully, another break-in occurs at Oscorp, and Spidey decides to surreptitiously enter into Captain Gene DeWolf's office for information. While doing so, he learns of a heist occurring at Pier 3, and Spider-Man arrives to the pier where a gun battle between cops and robbers is taking place. This seems like a major breach of trust between Spider-Man and Captain DeWolf. It's breaking, okay, as, breaking in. Yes, but as Gene DeWolf's biggest fan on this podcast, and probably on most of the Spider-Man podcasts, I really like her, <laughs> he was going to her for help, and she wasn't there to help him because she left for the day. Perhaps John Romita Jr. just didn't want to draw her because she gets drawn a lot of different ways. I know where she wasn't. She wasn't hanging out with her, her loser dad. Who's, you know, yeah. Is he dead or is he just in jail? I think he's in jail. Yeah. She wasn't going to visit him on father's day because he didn't deserve it. But you, Eddie, you deserve to have a good father's day. So happy father's day, Eddie. Thank you, James B. Happy father's day to you once again. Do you want me to throw you a quick Father's Day fact? Yeah, let's hear it. 1.5 billion fathers worldwide. <laughs> That's, that seems like a very low number to me, actually. But okay. It, uh, fifth largest card sending occasion in America? Fifth, huh? Look, it's Father's Day. Like, what do you want me to do? All right, just just continue. I'll save the best ones for later as I try to find some. Oh, boy. Well... When Spider-Man swings to the pier to web up the felons, uh, flying bats and incendiary pumpkin bombs force Spidey to save all parties from a fire. This allows the goblin-like truck driver to get away. The police determined Lefty Donovan, 
orchestrated the heist, although the magnitude of the operation seems well out of his typical low-level crimes that he's usually committing. Uh, mm. Spidey vows to find the Hobgoblin. Uh, Who... Is the audience supposed to think that the Hobgoblin you think is lefty, or you think they're trying to tell us right away it's I, I not think, him? Well, I think they're trying to tell us immediately this isn't the actual <laughs> Hobgoblin, but <laughs> leave some confusion in there. Maybe yeah. a mistaken identity. I agree, I agree. Uh, we see Lefty return to the actual Hobgoblin, who's still in recovery from his last entanglement with Spider-Man. But he's also jubilant at securing chemicals that will give him, as he says, full physical power, which the original Green Goblin possessed. Eddie, I have some feedback here because we brought this up recently. Uh, we did like a little bit of a shout out for the Green Goblin information and we got some, uh, we got an email and a tweet. You got time for that real quick? Completely. Let's do it, James B. All right. Friend of the podcast, Kevin Ewing, uh, fired a tweet to us which is at Let's Read Spidey. He said, the goblin serum, which also caused their mental instability, gave them super strength. Hmm. Yeah. We have to be told this by other people, even though we've read 500 Spider-Man books, but <laughs> I'm like, oh, did not know that. Happy Father's Day, Kevin, by the way. Just want to fire that in there. <laughs> um, and also, friend of the podcast, John Aaron, who's reached out to us before, uh, gave us an email, which is at Let's Read Spider-Man at gmail.com. He told us the following. He said, according to the 1985 edition of the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, a book I used to own, the Hobgoblin used an improved version of the Norman Osborn's Goblin formula to give himself super strength equal to Spider-Man. The handbook also says that Norman apparently had superhuman strength, somewhat less than that of Spider-Man, but Harry Osborn had no superhuman oh. powers. So interesting. That that clears up a lot about how they used to go toe to toe. This was an early complaint of mine when Norman would fight with Spider Man. And and thank you, John. And I'm not sure if you're a father, if you have a father, but regardless, <laughs> happy Father's Day to you as well. Yes, happy Father's Day. Well, at the end of this book, we see MJ out on a date with someone, but distracted, seeming to elude that she is missing Peter Parker. And and she has the line. Right? She's the pasta line. <laughs> Is that the pasta line, James P? <laughs> How do you not know where these lines come from? I can't remember them off the cuff, I guess. You're, you're the guy we're sending to Bowling Green in September? <laughs> come on. You said you were going to fill me up with pasta. <laughs> yeah, she's on a date with Jeff. And he realizes that something, he's thinking about something else. And then uh, she uses that as her distracting line. That's her like, oh, yeah, yeah. Let, let's go. Let's go to the movies. I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> It's one of those things. So there you go. All right. Uh, well, two big books here. You know, I just gave you those two quotes from our Twitter and our email. Eddie, we got another email. Really? Let's hear about so much mail coming in. Very exciting. It said, good morning, James B. and Eddie. I've been binging the show and I'm almost caught up. I love listening to your banter and learning more about Spidey. Thank you for all your hard work. Keep it up. P.S. Don't take any wooden nickels. That's from Alexis Doster. James B., I hope you're not using up all our emails in one episode. <laughs> we we got to keep them coming, right? Well, maybe people will be inspired and they'll start 
sending us a bunch of them and I can put them all in here. So there you go. And if they did want to reach out to us, Eddie, uh, how could they reach us? You can email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. Eddie, we didn't even do our sponsor. How could this episode be released? (laughs) I feel bad because, you know, people need to know about this pretty soon because we are less than five months from Halloween. Are we? Is that all it is? Well, yeah. I mean, think about it right now. It's Father's Day. It's, uh, let's see, it's June. Yeah, it's like, right? Maybe it's a little more than five months away. No, it's less than five months because it's October 31st, Eddie. So... My goodness, we're almost up to four months. I don't know what you're doing, but this is something you need to get going on right now. If you want to start walking out the door as I'm talking, Eddie, I understand. So you may recall the Green Goblin costume itself that we featured as a sponsor on the show. It kind of makes you crazy. Well, Eddie, listen to this. The Hobgoblin costume makes you even crazier. Unlike many Halloween costumes where you pretend to be crazy, just putting this on is guaranteed to make you crazy. You know, Eddie, Ollie Osnick might say, dress up as Doc Ock when he has one of his, you know, criminal friends parties at his house, but you'll just get your arms ripped off. You don't want that. Choose the Hobgoblin costume. That was not featured, by the way, at Ollie Osnick's party, if you recall, all the different people there. I said, remember, you like the vulture with the bald cap, I think you mentioned. Uh. But Eddie... I don't know if you're still there, if you've taken off already, but just in case you can still hear me, I just want to remind you, don't be a mover on Halloween. Be the Hobgoblin. Uh, What's that you say? Your friend is dressing up as the Green Goblin? No worries. You can never have too many goblins. Hobgoblin costumes are available at Circle K, Cumberland Farms, and Wawa, which is the best place for costumes, and of course, Eddie's favorite, Circus Peanuts. So, Eddie, I was thinking this is a really good solution. I... I, I'm really, I don't really like to toot my own horn, but maybe you could buy your dad a hobgoblin costume and you could get yourself a green goblin costume and you guys could go out together on Halloween. Oh, uh, James B., I, I'm running out the door right now to get my costume. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, James B. <laughs> uh, I don't need any extra insanity, although I am usually the one who prepares costumes in my household. My wife is not a big fan of Halloween, so you have me. Will there be mildly Spider-Man? interested? Will there be Spider-Man costumes for your children? This could be the first one this year. I be, I'm quite sure Violet would go for a Spider-Man costume. If the, a- anyone in the sense. universe would be fine. The Spider-Man movie's been out now for two weeks, so I'm sure that people are going to be big into that. And you could just pick any character from that. You could do like a Spider Gwen of some sort if you wanted. It would be a big problem. Yeah. You know? Well, maybe I should go see this movie so that I I actually know which character to pick, James B. Uh, Of course. (laughs) (laughs) If you take your kids, Eddie, you know, you could take them and just tell them it's a special Father's Day gift from you to them. Happy Father's Day one more time, Eddie. Happy Father's Day to you, James B. You know, I don't even have this in front of me, but I do know a fact about Father's Day that's not written on here. Oh, yeah? I know that, yeah, I know that Father's Day was added uh, like by Richard Nixon, I believe. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think it came in the 1970s, I think it was official. And if I got that wrong, somebody, another opportunity for you guys to send me an email because I'm not reading that off the internet. I just remember Richard Nixon, I think, added Father's Day. Hopefully you have the right holiday for that one. <laughs> well, regardless, everyone, I'm James B., joined by... Eddie! And remember, listeners, if someone turns down your marriage proposal, 
Don't forget to have them return your apartment key. Goodbye. Goodbye. I actually thought you were leaving. I thought you were gone. I was like, Eddie's gone to go buy a Halloween costume. I'm like, I finally convinced him. Uh, we barely. Did. I really thought you left. I really okay. Maybe I didn't think you were going to go buy a Halloween costume on Father's Day, but I was like, well, he really left. <laughs> yes, James. I wouldn't blame you. The sponsor. I, blame you. <laughs> I do like to run away from sponsors. <laughs> <laughs>